Dharma Bites is brought to you by Free Buddhist Audio, the Dharma for your life. Our work is funded entirely by donations from our generous listeners. If you would like to help us keep this free, make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. Thank you and happy listening. But I do want to investigate a little bit what the Buddha's role was, from what we can tell, in his society. This has become quite an important question for Buddhists, especially in Asia, because the forms that Buddhism evolved into over the centuries turned out to not be very well suited to the changing conditions of the 20th century. A phrase that I use in my book, which has caused a little controversy already, is describing the events that overwhelmed Buddhism in places like Vietnam, Cambodia, Tibet, Siberia, Mongolia, and China, is the Buddhist Holocaust. Buddhist monks were often massacred, especially by communists, across all of those societies. And in other places, Buddhism has been challenged by forces such as colonialism, initially, and then communism, but also capitalism, which has brought in a very different society in which the traditional forms don't have the old place. And finally, and this is a big issue in places like Mongolia and South Korea, Christianity, where there is very powerful missionary work going on. It has been for many years. And Buddhists have asked the question, well, what is the relevance of our teaching to our society, to the modern society? You know, do we need to find new forms, new social forms? And a number of answers have come to this. Rather, Buddhists have looked back to the Buddha and tried to understand what his own social vision was. Did he have one? And there are a number of views. So, just go through them fairly quickly. The first view I'll mention is engaged Buddhism. And there are, in many ways, very impressive figures from many Buddhist societies that are trying to develop forms of Buddhism which really address the social needs of the people, not just monks, but address the social needs of the people that are in their societies. Buddhism should have a social dimension. Now, that's something I feel very supportive of myself. But the problem comes when people look back at the Buddha and they try to envisage him as an engaged Buddhist in the same way that they were. And the evidence just isn't there. The Buddha's main concern, so far as we can see, was to communicate his vision of reality to other people, to enable them to practice it if they were able to be wholehearted, or to practice it on their own level if they weren't able to give everything up and come and join him in the jungle or the monasteries, the monastic settlements outside the cities. So the Buddha's main social experiment is the development of the monastic community. The community continued to develop for many centuries after the Buddha's life. So we have to unravel a bit to find out what he was really doing in his own day. But he does seem to have created a very strong community that stayed together and stay together after his death. Established it on very strong principles, combining respect for elders, respect for those more experienced, in other words, a kind of hierarchical aspect, 
with an inclusive aspect and a very devolved aspect in terms of the way the Sangha itself functions. Sangha is a word that has many meanings but includes the monastic community. It was an intentional community. So the Buddha wasn't an engaged Buddhist like some of the modern engaged Buddhists. And the reason he wasn't is that role simply wasn't open to him in those terms. Another view of the Buddha, going to the other extreme really, is that his message was simply one of renunciation. So one of the stories about the Buddha you encounter quite early is how he stole away from his own family in the middle of the night, just casting one backward glance at his wife and reaching out to touch his weak old son. But no, he left. He cut off his hair. He renounced whatever role it may have been that he had in his society. And he became a wandering holy man. So the romantic elements of that we don't find in the early sources. But it does seem that he left home to practice a spiritual life and eventually to find enlightenment. That's a very powerful image of renunciation. And clearly the Buddha did do something like that and did encourage other people to devote themselves to practicing his teachings as fully as possible. But there was more to it than that. His teaching wasn't simply one of leaving home, leaving the world behind. We hope you enjoyed today's Dharma Bite. Please help us keep this free. Make a contribution at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash donate. And thank you.